Em Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Hard-bodied, sweaty, hairy Italian men. This is Emsolation. My body did less great things, but it still did the job. <laughs> He's a refined diva. I'm like a dumpster fire, batshit crazy diva, and he's a refined diva. Easily the trashiest thing Em has ever, and this is really saying something. You're in Emsolation. Stephanie was also an unpaid advisor to Melania. I think I could probably claim that status in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darlings. Welcome to Emsolation. Oh, that was a little bit Hyacinth Bouquet, Lady of the House speaking. For those of you who watched Keeping Up Appearances, you'll love that. Otherwise, everyone's like, what? Oh, Keeping Up Appearances reminds me of my nana a little bit. God love her. Hey, how you doing? Just got a little bit of a business to discuss first. I have put my busy working mum tees back online on sale. Huge demand. You're like, bring them back. We didn't get one. And if you want to be matchy-matchy, I mean, why wouldn't you? There's busy working mum masks now. That's right. I've done some face masks because every other bastard is. So you can get a plain black one with a little purple leopard print owl. If you like to be low key or if you just want to be flat out, busy working mum, there's the purple leopard print face mask. It's quite eye-catching. mrussiano.com if you would like to partake in the action. Why wouldn't you? And thank you if you have. (laughs) The merch is keeping my family afloat along with a few other things, you know, the influencing that's helping. But, oh, God, I miss touring. It's nearly a year since I did my last live show. God, when I recorded Rage and Rainbows at the Palais. should celebrate something. I'll try and think of something we can do to celebrate one year since we recorded that TV special. And then the year that followed after that is not what I expected, as we've discussed previously. Uh, Look, I just want to say big happy birthday to my dad, Vincey. Turned 69 yesterday. And those of you who have been following me for a long time know he's a very important human. He's hysterical. He's hilarious. Uh, Born in Italy, came to Australia in the 50s with his family on a boat and, um, you know, self-made man, incredibly – he's a lunatic. He's such a lunatic. And as he gets older, he's getting more and more hilarious slash slightly troubling. And quite a few people have said, Em, get him on the podcast, but you don't understand. Or maybe you do. I think especially if you've got, say – how do I put this? A wog dad who perhaps is first generation and um, they have very strong opinions because they feel they can on other people who were also not born in this country. And he also has this the general perception that um, the rules don't apply to him. So there's a set of rules for, for him. And then there's a set of rules for the rest of humanity. And my dad pretty much feels like, you know, and he's happy to pass judgment on that too. He's, uh, God, he's a character. I am the way I am for a reason. And there's so many stories. If you've read my book, you've you've read the stories of the ride on lawnmower hotting up. His safety wear is thongs. He welds in thongs. He mows in thongs. He paints in thongs. Everything is done in thongs. So in in the winter, he'll wear like these horrible croc style shoes and then he makes the summer transition to thongs and once he decides to do the summer transition to thongs it doesn't matter if it gets cold again he's made the commitment to change the footwear so he only has two types of shoes thongs or horrible ugly crocs or if he's going out a pair of vans i did buy him a pair of vans that he likes to put on Uh, and he's always in a polo he loves a polo no matter what he has a formal polo he has a work polo he has an at-home polo you know he has a business polo he's a polo for all occasions (laughs) 
God, I love him. So happy birthday, Vincey. And, um, you know, the 70th, I can't wait. Oh, man, we're going to go all out and he's going to hate it, but I'm going to have a full band. It's going to be enormous. I can't wait. We might do a live show from Vincey's 70th. So have you been? You've been good. I have been attempting to finish writing my book. That is so late. I'm a year past deadline. My publishers are the most patient people on the face of the planet. They also know that, you know, it's kind of been hard to write being at home with five people all the time. But that's what I've been attempting to do and I just, I'm worried it's no good. I'm worried I really have no business writing it. You know, all the things that you go through. And when I'm writing, I can hear all the stuff going on in the house so my attention is completely split. And I, and then when I'm parenting or I'm with one of the kids, I'm thinking about what I should be writing and I'm not really achieving what I want to achieve in both camps. And I, I realised I was thinking about it, that's kind of how mothers are expected to be. So we're expected to be present with our children and make sure that they're all their needs are looked after and this holistic organic experience. And then when we work, we're expected to be totally present and work like we don't have kids and be available and be flexible and, you know, work, work, work. And I've realised that I've kind of fallen into this trap of if I'm not perfectly achieving each of those things independently of each other, then I'm failing. And I caught myself kind of saying that out loud last night and I even said it on Instagram, but I'm not failing. I, uh, before this pandemic started, and this is something I've learned about myself, as we all know, this has just been a series of me learning the, the deep crevices of my soul and, and existence. I was achieving and attaining ridiculous levels of things. I, I, I look back at some of the stuff now, I was like, how the fuck did you do that, lady? Just things like, you know, shows, books, merch, kids, tours, radio shows. And I was incredibly exhausted and unhappy and I didn't enjoy any of it. And I was always looking to what was the next thing and I was surviving. And now this pandemic's happened and I've been forced to kind of slow down. And I much prefer the way I feel when things are slower, but I am not getting much done. And I'm still holding myself to the standards I had when I was a lunatic. Thank you, dad. (laughs) And now I'm less of a lunatic and more kind of in tune with how I'm feeling. I'm not getting nowhere near as much done. My productivity has dropped to record lows. But I feel, you know, I'm not running on adrenaline all the time. I always just have these massive butterflies in my stomach all day, all day. So I'm going to have to readjust to being okay with achieving less. That's basically where I'm at at the moment. So there you go. Another little friggin' life lesson for you at the start of this pod. Oh, this was a fun pod to record. I have to tell you, Michael and I ended up pretending he was Dan Andrews and I was Gladys Berejiklian and we were having our weekly premier Zoom meeting. Um, Cigarettes were smoked, red wine was drunk, and I hope you enjoy it. And if Dan is listening or Gladys, you're listening, it was done with love. (laughs) Gladys, I decided that you're a -a pack-a-day smoker. I don't know why. But obviously the whole episode we discuss what's been going on for Gladys and her ex-dodgy boyfriend, Daryl, and what's been happening with Dan. Uh, And then we also kind of reflect on we've all had bad boy dodgy boyfriends, you know, or bad girl dodgy girlfriends. And we reflect on that. We've all had the people we know are bad for us. We, we give ourselves pep talks. I'm not going to see them anymore. I'm a strong, independent person. I don't need that toxic love in my life. And then they give you that you know, 11.30 p.m. text, booty call, and you're just straight back in there in the palm of their hand, buddy. We have all been there. 
And I feel like that's where Gladys was at. So Michael and I dissect that quite deeply. Enjoy. Thank you for being here. I listen back to these podcasts sometimes at the start and just go, geez, you talk some shit. But it really helps me. (laughs) All right. Enjoy. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Well, it's time to bring in a man I have a close personal relationship with. <laughs> that isn't an intimate relationship. <laughs> no, we do not share finances, Michael Lucas. <laughs> and just for the record, we do not share bodily fluids either. It's a bit of a blurry domain. <laughs> well, no, no, we haven't. I mean, I'm not sexually. I'm just trying to think about if we've ever had a big night where we've lost bodily fluids, but no, we haven't. <laughs> um, surprisingly, uh, we are, of course, discussing Gladys and Daryl. Oh, can I just can we just celebrate those two names side by side? I do feel that they have to be saluted, and they really sort of they match in a, in such a strange way. Mm. And as you pointed out uh, before we were recording, they sound like characters from Kath and Kim. Absolutely, you Gladys can see the matching tracksuits. <laughs> Gladys, Daryl, Gladys, it's perfect. Now, Gladys Berejiklian is the, if you're not aware, is the Premier of New South Wales and she's someone I have a healthy respect for, even though we're on different sides of the political Same. fence. A lot of bipartisan re- respect for Gladys and Same. I think she sailed into this week like she was Australia's most respected, most popular leader coming into this week, yeah. untarnished. <laughs> yes. But then um, her relationship with her former allegedly dodgy boyfriend and former disgra- and disgraced former MP Daryl Maguire has um, come back to haunt her. I would like to state at the outset that Mr Maguire was a colleague of 15 years. He was someone that I trusted. He was a trusted colleague. And that, oh. and that developed into a close personal relationship. He was accused of corruption in uh, 2018, first of all, by the in New South Wales Independent Commission Against Corruption, ORCAC. Yeah. And, and what um, a, that name just... ICAC. ICAC. <laughs> yeah, Gladys, we're going to have to get your yeah. late night booty calls played at ICAC. ICAC. Oh, she got everything played. ICAC have been investigating the relationship between Gladys and Daryl and presented text messages and phone conversations between them in which Daryl spoke to Gladys about, um, look, allegedly less than above board business deals. Yeah. Uh, let's let's run through these deals. In 2018, he is accused of being the middleman between property developers in Sydney and a huge Chinese firm. Basically, Daz wanted to get a clip. He wanted to get a little commish to organise a smooth and quick land sale between the two parties. Yeah. Um, and then there's a recent fresh case, great, Gladys will be wrapped, uh, where he was trying to grease the wheels and get some tickle from the top. Oh, the, the tickle top. from the top is a really – that has repeated on me so much. Might need a little tickle from the top. And she was literally asked in ICAC, did you give it a tickle from the top? She, The Premier sat there and was asked that question. <laughs> what are these terms that he – that Daryl uh, – but honestly, so on brand for Daryl. I believe that Daryl is a type of man who says tickle from the top. Yeah. To grease the wheels of another land sale um, and, again, wanting cash for that. So – um, basically, it's fine that Gladys and Daryl were in a close personal relationship, but the problem goes to if Gladys knew about what was going on, the dodginess, the alleged dodginess, mm. and if she did indeed tickle it from the top, mm. herein lies the problems with ORCAC. Definitely. And, and all cast in this sort of amazing situation where no one, not even 
her close colleagues, and she says not even her family was aware of the fact that this relationship was went for five years. It all had to come five bursting years. out at ICAC. <sighs> five years. Gladys's besties have found out that she's Hallow side piece and does. And I and 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 I first of all want to start from Michael and I intend to not let this lead into sexist territory as it so often can when the when the when the love lives of female politicians especially are reported on in this country. There's going to be no slut shaming. There's going to be none of that here at this podcast. Oh, quite the opposite in that respect. Is, <laughs> yes. I mean, I hadn't given a lot of thought to Gladys' situation in that respect, but knowing that she had something on tap. It, I look, I, re, I relate to it. If I was Premier and in her position, I'd be looking for a situation somehow. I hope I'd make a, a choice that didn't come back to haunt me in this way. But has she done it is my question. And things aren't looking so great because there are three things working against her. The text messages and phone conversations where she's kind of saying, oh, good on you, Daz. That's great. That commission sounds great. And they call each other uh, numero uno. Oh, that was bad. And, and hawkus. Oh, God. When I think about Which some of the texts of I've sent to people over time, just imagining being in an inquiry <laughs> and having someone, did Mate. you refer to him as your numero uno? And having to go, I did, yes, that's, <laughs> did. <laughs> did. Imagine if ICAC got our text messages. Holy shit. And then being double and then having to go out and go, I did not think the relationship had the substance <laughs> to uh, that I need to go public with it. But you said he was your yeah. numero uno. Well... I did. I did. <laughs> You're aware that numero uno means number one. I am aware of that. Are you, Gladys? <laughs> so there's the text messages. Also, um, he used her office to arrange a meeting for one of these deals, mm. which is not a good look. The phone messages as well. There was also the bit where he was like going, oh, that deal worked out. I mean, I didn't be able to pay off anything. And she went, mm, well, I don't need to know about that. <gasps> and that that was pretty <sighs> – that, that, that's the one that it, it, it's pretty hard to think that she didn't 100% know he was being dodgy and deliberately sidestep the conversation. Yeah. So to keep her hands sort of clean, but obviously <laughs> the fact that we have that recording kind of <laughs> incriminates her in terms of clearly at that point she probably should have alerted people oh. and, oh, it feels pretty bad. Although she she sort of came up with an explanation for why she said that. Yeah, and she's maintaining that she's done nothing wrong and that she's completely served the people of New South Wales. And until this week, no one would argue with that. Oh, and for me, and the she's opposite, been, I would yeah. say. And I think one of the things that has uh, – people have basically leapt to the defence of stay out of her sex life and, and, yeah. and Gladys, you know, we love what you've done throughout the bushfires and the pandemic and for Christ's sake, say setting. But for me as well, there is this element of like a few months ago, Dan and Gladys were so overwhelmingly popular, both of them, so respected, and it was really kind of a strange new world for Australian politics that we had these two leaders that basically there was a bit of bipartisan support, really. I mean, I know people were out for them on in some quarters, but they yeah. were both phenomenally popular. And, of course, with everything with the second wave in the inquiry, Dan, oh, he's having a rough time. But Gladys, it was almost like everything that went wrong with him made Gladys look even better because you cannot fault her handling of the pandemic as long as you can get over the Ruby Princess, which, you know, ultimately didn't bust out. She has made, done everything right, everything right, and held the line. Sydney stayed open. She had hasn't gone crazy with the borders. She's just done everything right. She sailed through and now 
bam. And I feel like part of the reason why people are saying, we don't want to know about this is because <laughs> just Jesus, can we have one Australian leader that we're proud of and that we're happy with and that's just don't sully it for Christ's sake. I know. And I saw a very funny headline in the Batuta Advocate where they said New South Wales learns that mum has sex as well. Like that whole idea that this this staunch politician, this strong woman, now everyone's realising that she's not a robot politician. She does, in fact, have intimate partners. And I think that's been a lot for people to take on board as well. Oh. Because she's, you know, been so private. There's nothing... You know, she she's just very businesslike. But I ask you, yep. the fact that she's turned a blind eye to Daryl's dodgy behaviour when she should have, in fact, dobbed him in yep. and because she has been hurt, does that mean that she needs to lose her job? Look. I ask you, Michael Lucas. Um, <laughs> no, I think, oh, I I think what we're going to get out of this is that clearly I'm either dodgier <laughs> or more forgiving, depending on how you want it. Look, basically, yeah, it's pretty bad. That's, that is bad. I mean, obviously. It is bad. I, 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 if they could prove that she was in on any of these deals in any substantial way, I mean, that's obviously curtains, obviously. Any tickles. If there was any tickles, yes. any t- tiny tickles from Gladys from the top. Even just a light brush of the fingers. Yeah, um, but the fact she knew about it though—that uh, like that's that's what uh, I get stuck on. I, yeah, it's it is bad, but I'm 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 just—it's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? But I'm basically oh, I'm softy. like, look on balance. She has done what so few leaders in the world can do. She works hard. I don't doubt her sincerity. She she dropped the ball in this regard. And no, I don't mean in terms of, I mean, look, we can talk about how she had sex with someone who totally, it was, oh, she could have done so much better, obviously. I mean, everyone agrees about that. <laughs> But I that is mean, the gayest thing I've ever heard. She's it's amazing. She could have done so much better. Oh, she could have. <laughs> she could have. And I think it's United Australia, that sense. I really do. You think Daryl was punching above his weight? Everyone, you, even Bill Shorten's come out and said that. Everyone's come out and said that. Every, every <laughs> MP that's interviewed on the way coming into that's New South Wales right. Parliament House that says, all I will say is she could have done a lot better than that. They, I mean it. They could put a motion on the floor of Parliament <laughs> and bipartisanship would be back. Everyone agrees on that. I forgot that Bill Shorten said what we're all thinking. Oh, totally. She's a smart lady who I think has been punching below her weight with a, perhaps a, a much more average guy. In the exhaustion in her voice, in that riveting moment when she says, oh, I don't need to know about that, I read into that. I, I do read into that. I know you're being dodgy. And I also read into it. I'm holding it together on so many fronts. This sort of mm. situation we're in, I'm getting something out of it and I just, I can't handle this big, just keep me, I don't want to know. I, I just, let's, can I just, can I just not focus on that so that I can go on? And I, I, I felt it. I understand on some level. It's not great. It's really not great, but Jesus, she was doing what she had to do to get through and she got through. And imagine, imagine, look at the dickheads she has to work with. Look at what she has to do day after day after day. And the only other thing that I really can't stop thinking about is that she only broke it off to... September. Yeah. And and because everything, the exposure of everything coming to light and facing this ICAC hearing and everything, and the stress that she would have been under. And now think back to, that was when New South Wales was like barely holding off the second wave. Mm. Like the mm. stress that woman must have been going through and she did not let it affect her approach. And and so that is why, even though I think it's absolutely reasonable that to, to really look into this and uh, I'm still like, oh, I still... <laughs> I'm sorry, but 
the unicorn says she's probably going to go. <gasps> really? Yeah. I don't feel good about it. My gut's saying she's – It's. I feel sad. The unicorn is sad. But ultimately this does put into question her ethics and she didn't put state above Daryl when she should have. Um, but Daryl for but me, I mean. Daryl was giving her the dodgy no, sex that she. No, don't talk about it. That's sexist. What I do want to oh, say I've is Daryl, she was, she was, oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But Daryl is a type of man who, when he realised he was under investigation, told a former business associate that his phone and iPad had been involved in an unfortunate incident with a tractor. Oh, yeah. Like, my, I'm more offended at her terrible, terrible choice in men. I know. For me, I mean, everything else aside, yes, the corruption and all that, but that's not, that's not our field. Our field is for a woman who is so smart and sensible, it just shows even the best of us can get taken in by shysters, by men who promise us things. That's exactly right. And that's that's the most human part of all of this for me is watching her in the inquiry, watching her face just be like, oh, God, I, this has just been so embarrassing. This is just I'm an intensely private person. And you just see her just realising. And I think as ICAC have presented her with a dossier of just how much of a dropkick her ex was, you have got an official document. <laughs> Oh. Pointing out all the things she probably knew deep down. And also realising that all those calls we were making and God knows what sort of shit they were talking, oh. not about the corruption or anything, but all of them were being tapped. How embarrassing. To. Oh, oh, my God. And, and, she's a, and she's a different Gladys on those calls. She's, a, she's you know, she's relationship Gladys. Oh, she she's is. And she's had a couple parliamentary. of lines. Yes. Fuck, imagine. I just keep everyone judging. Just imagine if the press got hold of your text messages and your phone conversations with the person you're most close with in the world. We'd be screwed. You and I'd be screwed. Yeah, this is not an invitation to the Russians. All they get from Scott and mine. No, mine and Scott's text message. Do we need milk? I don't know. We need wipes. (laughs) What's for dinner? I don't know. Who's picking up Odie? Like that's all our text messages have become because 20 years married. But, you know, it's I, I, I do feel for her on that front. And, I mean, we've all had the boyfriend that we just knew was bad for us. Oh, God, I had a boyfriend who was so – my mum banned me from seeing him several times, mm. but he had the most a magnificent penis and it was just <laughs> – and I'm not saying this is the case of Daryl, but, my God. There's got to be something there. Of, I don't think about My it. version of Daryl, my, my Daryl, my bad boy, oh, my God, it was just – Moth to a flame, moth to a pain. Yeah, and he and he was awful, and I and and I knew he was cheating on me a lot, and like it was, and I even I, I tried so many ways to I broke it up with him so many times, and I just get that text message on my Nokia. What are you doing? <sighs> oh, I know. I know. You've had. Have you had? You've yeah. Had, you've had a dodgy. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't want to fall into gender stereotypes, but of course, <laughs> I transitioned from dating women to dating men. Mm. Mm. I did find a heightened degree of dodginess once I talked <laughs> to men. There's no question about that. Yeah. But what also shocked me was how often I was sort of freely willing to put myself in this stupid position of yes. no power and desperation yes. where, you know, you're, you're sort of I'm dating. I mean, this is, I also, I had real sympathy for her when she said the relationship didn't have substance. Cause I too, it was, we all have going through a period Aww. of dating someone where it's pretty threadbare, the relationship. There's clearly an attraction there, 
but you cannot make it transition out of whatever casual sex situation it is. And in many cases, you know, you hit a point of knowing this relationship is making me unhappy. This person mm. is bad and won't commit. That's what I used to get. Uh, and yes. you, t- you all the intellectual reasons why this is terrible and need to move on to something that is that's going to be more sustaining, that's going to be better for me, that's going to be healthier, someone that I could actually oh, introduce people. And then, yeah, 11.59 <laughs> one night, I used to love, what are you doing? And then, boom, <laughs> you're back. So true. And then trying to, like, figure out ways out of it and not being – like, the bit where that is in some ways the most dodgy for her that I just feel it so much is she had mm. to, like, publicly, like, force him out of parliament and everything in 2018. Oh, and yes. she still went back to and and she I just did. know, and she said it was because he was so upset, and she felt sorry for him. And I could, I could, I could just see it oh. play out. I could see it play out. I could see oh, the Daryl tearful calls. I could see that. All right, well, why don't you come round? Just for come on, we'll talk it through. One, and then we're back on. We're back. On. I mean, who's playing Daryl in the miniseries? Wow, I feel wow. like it's yeah. Kevin Harrington who was in Sea Change, I don't, uh, but. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, I mean, yep, yep, yep. Gladys is in some ways the most riveting. Who would you cast as? I mean, I'd say Zigrid. Oh, yeah. She's a lot. How old is Gladys? Oh, she's, I don't know. She's an enigma wrapped in prosciutto. I would, at a guess, say, I don't know, early 50s. Hang on. You can Google it. Live Google, live <laughs> Google on the podcast, live Google. She is, you have done very, very well. She is 50. That's my specialty skill in life is getting people's ages right. I have to say, I'm also good at hanging stuff without spirit levels and and, and guessing the weight of things, but also guessing ages. Is <laughs> I love that you've got these amazing skills that are impossible <laughs> to monetize. <laughs> oh, and can I just say, I mean, this is it, really, isn't it? I just I went to Wikipedia to find it, and already the last line in her Wikipedia is now Daryl Maguire. Already, it's already there. Oh, yeah, no. he's he's uh, sixty one. Is he? Mm. Jeez, he's done well, hasn't he? Not that we're talking about that. I, that yeah, that's no, important. I know. And look, uh, just while we're talking about things that we're not talking about, that we can't talk about, I also, and I know this is, is such a slippery slope and don't terrible. Don't do it, don't do it. No. I it's know, a, but do it, but do it, but do it, but do it, but don't do it, but do it. Women politicians, the they often thing. get intense scrutiny on their clothes and to, after yeah. yesterday's ICAC bombshells and everything like that, um, yeah. Or the day before, sorry. She had she came out and all the press were waiting outside her house and just the yeah. outfit choice. She was based she was wearing a hot pink jacket. That's what was happening. Yeah. She was wearing a black yeah. mini and top yeah. and hot pink jacket. And I yeah. I saw it. I saw it as a political move. She knew she was going into parliament. She knew she was gonna yeah. have the opposition justifiably screaming at her for most of the mm. day. And she looked in her wardrobe and she thought, hot pink. And I Exactly. That's the and leadership take, I want. Take note, Ellen, not in head to toe white. Huh? Exactly. No. In the colour of the possibly saying, yes, I'm a scarlet woman, but who cares? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like almost red, almost the red, the scarlet woman. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. I'm not confident for her, but on the on the human side of things, and everyone listening, we've all had a Daryl. We've all had a Daryl. We've all and, had a Daryl. Regardless just, of- let's just thank our lucky stars if he's better looking. Uh, <laughs> oh, mine was. Oh, God. It's been an absolute horror of a week for Dan Andrews too, and I hope they – I know they can't meet in real life, but I really want to know that come <laughs> this Friday night they meet on Zoom and get absolutely shit-faced and trade stories. You love this. You love the idea. You were texting me last night. Imagine the Premier Zoom meeting at the end of the week. I hope they have it. I know they're on different political parties. They're probably not friends, but I just see Dan going, oh, Gladys, I, I thought it might be uh, appropriate. 
I've, I've obviously, I mean, I have heard the ICAC hearings and I don't know why you just didn't spend the whole time going, I have no recollection of that. That's what I would have done. I cannot recall that. Oh, she's, she did say that a couple of times. And, and also Dan's like, you know, obviously I've been having to deal with fucking Peter. Yeah. Peter's been turning up. Peter's don't know if you've watched it. If you haven't watched it, just watch instead the Terminator trilogy and imagine that <laughs> in Sky News host form, hour and a half, constant. To make matters worse, she was right. She was on the right track. <laughs> oh, she, Had to sack really the chief was. of staff. Judgment's exactly. called into question. Gladys <laughs> going, Dan, I, I don't want to bring this up. But look at how I handled the Ruby Princess. It was hard. It was fast. It was done. What were you yes. thinking? And he's like, yeah. Why are you dragging this in out? In retrospect. I mean, why don't you let Coatsy, let Jennifer Coates, why didn't you let her do it in three weeks? Why, Dan, are we dragging this out till November? Now it's a song and dance. Now, this is Gladys. I'm big Gladys. She's making. <laughs> now I imagine when Coatsy reveals her findings, it's going to be like the finale of The Bachelor, only we're not getting a commitment ring, Dan, you know. We're getting possible jail time and also being the person who inadvertently caught the second wave in 700 deaths. I don't want to bring this up, Gladys, but I think when ICAC reveals their findings, that will be potentially a difficult day for you too. But whatever happens, let us meet on Zoom for Negroni. Can I just say (laughs) scoreboard, okay? I love the Premier Zoom meeting. Oh, I love that she's smoking his cigar. The only other thing that I would say is how, I mean, these guys are being dragged through the gravel. ScoMo, mm. I mean, oh. I just want to go back one more time and say that aged care, federal responsibility, hundreds of deaths, and there's all of this news that nothing has changed that much in, and it's still problems, and how how is he so untarnished? Squeaky clean. There. That's what they'd be oh bitching about. They'd be like, oh, did you see the oh, yeah. fucking oh, building? The chicken coop. Chicken coop. I hate him more than Daryl right now. <laughs> that bastard gets away scot-free in that fucking chicken coop and if he fucking calls one of those hens after me, I'm going to go slaughter it in the night. <laughs> I was enduring a 90-minute interrogation from Peter Credlin and he was picking names of former first ladies to be his children's chickens. <laughs> you and I, we've got this pandemic under control. He didn't want to do anything. Yeah, he hasn't got his hands ready. We've got this. Look at us. We're the heroes of this and now we're being dragged. <laughs> What's ScoMo doing? Nothing. Going to, going to Hawaii. No, no, no. Why she's turned into... <laughs> She's, 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 yeah, she's getting she's camper turned. and she's smoking more cigarettes. <laughs> she's, her pack a day has just gone up. I know, Scott, it's unbelievable how ScoMo has, what bushfires? What are you talking about? I know, he's definitely, <laughs> but he never puts himself out there for questioning or anything like that. He just, and he just constantly makes announcements all the time that, that often don't lead to anything, but it's just announcement. Quick, guys, Sebastian, announcement. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Gladys, that fucking stunt with Guy Sebastian. What has Australian Idol got to do with anything? <laughs> M. Rossiano was robbed. Everyone knows that. Season two. <laughs> Should have won. Gladys is a big fan. We, we need some sort of corruption hearing into, into Australian Idol to figure out why she had brought forward by her and Ricky Lee, both injustices. Oh, yeah, I'll give it. Ricky Lee's a much better singer. M cried a lot, so that was relatable, you know. <laughs> I wish I could cry. Does Gladys still removed. catch the bus to work? Yes. <gasps> I think so. I love her. When I, I mean, even though, as I said, different political sides of the fans, I interviewed her a couple of times when I was doing breakfast mm. in Sydney and um, she was great. 
So I have the same kind of relationship with Jay Bish, Julie Bishop, mm. who oh, t- like categorically disagreed on 99% of the things she said and did, but, God, she was a fierce camp lady who I loved personally. Mm. <laughs> and who you sent me the most magnificent shot of her in a full fuchsia ball gown being held up by hot surf lifesavers. Yeah. That's what I want Gladys to turn up in uh, in the next uh, next day of hearings today. Yeah. <laughs> I want her to walk in in a pink ball gown with a sequined starfish on the hip. And I'd also love it if she showed up at the races with a man equivalent to Julie's man as well. I feel like the whole nation oh, would. Julie Bishop's boyfriend is amazing. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll post all these photos on Instagram. But Jay Bishop's boyfriend, it's like he was manufactured out of a handsome man factory. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the two of them are the most ridiculously fit and immaculate couple like I imagine they run on side-by-side treadmills together like and that's how they chat (laughs) eating their like vapors because neither of them eat solid food like just taking in their nutrient vapors for the morning you know and like and she's just like oh my god I can just I want though he'd be having some protein somewhere (sighs) I don't know maybe but they're amazing they're they are an example of exactly equal match no one's punching above or below they are perfect for each other I love them all right, that's probably enough discussions of political sex lives. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. So are we going to touch on Junior MasterChef, which I know. Oh, Junior MasterChef, what a pivot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think therein <laughs> lies the problem. Oh, I don't care. I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't care about the children. There's one child, Ben, who I particularly care about. L- listen to Ben. Listen to Ben on his first day in the kitchen. I'm just hoping I'm going to survive not only MasterChef, but life today. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I love Ben. But I don't want to watch children be better at me at something that I like. I just don't want to be made to feel like less of a human by small people. You know what I mean? For me, it's there's there's two factors at play. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> in MasterChef how high yeah. stakes everything feels and it feels like the contestants could be crushed at any moment and and just yeah. national humiliation but that. it's all very it's that. all sort of softened for the like kids understandably as it should be so it doesn't and rightly so of yeah. course of I mean, course it doesn't feel imagine like imagine if i was a judge with the kids oh <laughs> i mean you'd be you'd be on charges of some description for- no i'd be like oh darling okay now i'm gonna hold the bin up and it's up to you if you think this should be put straight in the bin, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to tell – I'm just yeah, that's right. See, we both knew. Now let's start and try again. I'll give them tough love. I'll be the tough love judge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I know. Mm. Well, that's just not an element. That, the, the, the savagery of the failures is not felt so much. <laughs> but then, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit this, and it does appear like the theme of us over-sexualising <laughs> everything keeps coming back. But, look, that was – what the new MasterChef gave me was sexually attractive hosts. And, obviously, we all know my feelings about Jock and the kilt. And I just find in an environment with children, I can't, it's just not, I can't go there. And some people have said, well, can't you, isn't it like, you know, can't he, can't, isn't there any kind of like dilf factor in there? But no, I don't know why. And there was even a bit where he was talking about how he had really big fingers, really big (laughs) family fingers. And I was just, I can't, I can't, can't attach to it on that level. And I think that's because you've got delicate little fingers. I was watching you roll them and thinking, I wish I could do that because I've got... Pretty fat fingers. To be honest, all of them have, um, you know, Jock, Melissa, and Andy. They're a very attractive trio. But I think I'm just going to have to wait to the adult version. I agree. I mean, it's a lovely show and also great to watch with your kids, especially if your kids, you know, are quite subpar in the kitchen. You can put them down and go, "See? Do you see what? Do you see what this six-year-old can do? 
Now, now you go in there now and boil some water and make me a cranberry lake. <laughs> Here's the bar, Elio. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good it's a good way to kind of inspire your children to get in the kitchen. But if you're looking for like if, we're looking for like adults on the brink of total emotional breakdown, tears. Um, you know, we're looking for that kind of thing and being able to obviously sexualize Jock. So it's not it's it's a it's a pass from us. Yeah. But we do encourage you to watch it with your kids, which is great. It's so hard to find things to watch with Melissa your kids. Melissa still has lovely outfits, although it's more kind of like very stylish, fabulous school teacher as opposed to yeah, full yeah. Amazon. She looks like she's dressing well, it's my aesthetic kooky art teacher. Yeah. Mm, mm. That's what I'm often referred to as a kooky art teacher. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. But I I understand you can't sexualise Jock in an environment where there are children around. I mean, and I salute you. I tip my hat to you for having that kind of. <laughs> there are lines somewhere. Somewhere there are. You wouldn't know it from listening to our Gladys conversation, but there are. All right, Dan. We'll fucking we'll talk soon. <laughs> this is Emsolation. Okay, thank you so much. That's it. We're done. Another Dilemma Doctors is coming out Friday. It's a doozy. You're going to enjoy it. Hey, just just going back to my intro, I got sent something, a, a little kind of screenshot, and it was entitled How to Burn Out. And I'm going to read through the list of things how to burn out. And I want you to think about how many of these you tick off. Okay, number one, do your best and never settle for less, ever. Two, don't take time to move, play, or rest. Three, sleep as little as possible. Four, make sure you are always dieting or cheating on a diet so meals are extra stressful. Five, look for people and things to blame. Six, strive to please everyone, always, no less. Seven, focus on what went wrong. Search for it if you have to. Eight, control everything. Nine, if you self-care, make sure to make lots of room for guilt. Ten, Make sure your schedule prevents pesky rest, relationships, hobbies, and play. And that is from at Lindsay Bramman. I burst into tears because I was 10 for 10. How many did you get? I do all of those things. I have been doing all of those things. I would say they are the Ten Commandments to M. Rossiano. So that got sent to me late last night from one of you guys. It's been life-changing since I read this. I, I, and I wanted to say it in the intro, but I forgot and then I couldn't find a place to put it in. So I think maybe that's given you guys or something to think about. It certainly has given me something. I cannot believe how accurate it was. It was like this bitch was describing me as a person exactly. Like I was like, oh, my God, I feel so I feel so attacked yet seen. <laughs> I didn't mean to close. You know I say bitch affectionately. You know, like I call Michael bitch. Is that okay? I don't know. I do use bitch as a term of endearment. Maybe that's not okay. Oh, crap. I'll think about that. All right. Have a great day, you legends. Don't forget Dilemma Doctors is coming out tomorrow, Friday, if you're listening on Thursday. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, we'll chat soon. Bye. A Podcast One production.